0: To relate this to to Joker, I don't think this movie was groundbreaking. Um, I think this is sort of in a way, in a lot of ways actually, more than one way, it is just a remake. Um, So it is technically an original story. It's not like um, telling... Us like um, it's not redoing like the Christian Bale Batman movies or the Heath no, Ledger like Joker.
1: As a matter of fact, uh, the character Arthur Fleck, that's a totally original character name. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't originate from the comics or any other Joker media. It's a uh, Arthur Fleck is a totally original character. Now, Joker himself, who he becomes, exactly. is not original, but the journey uh, of how he gets there is a totally original take for the Joker. So
0: I would make the argument that it's not. So it may be an original story for the Joker as a character, but as I'm watching, as I'm sitting there watching it, all I can think to myself is this movie is just Taxi Driver.
1: Well, no, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm not making the argument that it's totally original. It is genre-defying, and I think that is the big... um, one of the big drawing points for this movie because it is heavily heavily influenced by Martin Scorsese's yeah. films. Um, now, I don't know too much. The only Martin Scorsese film I've seen, actually, is Silence, which is a totally different ballgame yeah. from his films that uh, in, ended up inspiring uh, yeah. Joker.
0: So he, he had a lot of, like, late 70s, early 80s, kind of um, inner-city gangster cop dramas or... Taxi Driver, um, Mean Streets. I think a more recent one, I think he directed The Departed, which was, all those movies are... are
1: Wasn't uh, uh, King of Comedy, wasn't that another thing that... Yes. uh, ...influenced, uh, especially with Robert De Niro in this movie? And Robert De
0: Niro is the main character of Taxi Driver. And here's what I wanted to say about Taxi Driver. It, I mean, its similarities to Joker are undeniable, but it it really does center around a... um, center around a kind of a mentally ill kind of loner that obsesses over a female at one point, obsesses over a city politician, big time politician. And basically you just see this descent into in- insanity. Um And they really take on the role of this type of anti-hero, which that's not a completely unoriginal idea. Like, it, it definitely could be told more originally is what I, I guess I'm, what I'm Well, I mean, to like,
1: I, I don't know if I would go so far as to say that Joker in this movie is an anti-hero. Because, because an anti-hero sort of implies that uh, they, ha- they have some good that they're doing uh, along with some evil that they're doing. Whereas... Joker in this movie, like, as he transitions into the Joker, is just a wholeheartedly evil character. Now, it does make the effort to make you understand where he's coming from. Sympathetic, yeah. I I, I don't even know if I would even say sympathetic, but what I would say is that it does try to make you understand because... Well, that's... that's,
2: So when you say sympathetic, that doesn't mean that you, like, feel it means more that you feel empathy towards a person's situation, not so, like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, like, the art of making someone feel sympathy for your character doesn't mean that your character is inherently good in any fashion. It's just that you understand the situation they're
1: in. Yeah, yeah, because Arthur Fleck in this movie, like, there's so much garbage that happens in this dude's life. I mean, he just keeps getting beaten down and beaten down, and the the people the people who surround him just treat him like trash. Um Oh good heavens I lost my train of thought. But that was I think, my I think the fault.
0: anti-hero part that I'm I'm coming from is more of this idea that he inspires like the people of this city to kind of revolt at the at the end. And that's kinda he kind of becomes a symbol is is more what I yeah. was what I was trying to say. But yeah. again, I don't I don't think this this um I don't think this story is as original as it could be. Um and I don't even think that the title of Joker is even necessarily... Well, even even necessary. I think it's... To me, it seemed more like a retelling of the Taxi Driver story. You don't think with, it even
2: needed an attachment to the comic book so character? So that used what you're the, saying?
0: Yeah, I think it used the attachment, the title Joker, to more draw in. Generate talk about it. Generate talk. Bring in, in that certain
2: fan base.
0: Yeah, I mean, exactly. the
1: the sad reality is... Uh, take away the Joker element. Yeah, take away Gotham City, take away Thomas Wayne, um, take away this iconic character. Um, a lot of like ninety percent of the movie is still intact, maybe even more than that. But the sad the sad reality is is that if that were the case, nobody would go see this movie. Mm-hmm. Because Nobody wants to see a movie about Arthur Fleck. They want to see a movie about the Joker. Now they ended up getting a film experience that they definitely would not have gotten under normal circumstances because they used the name of the Joker um, with this movie. Um, And there and there may be some snobbish people that criticize that. Um, I don't
0: think anybody wanted to see a movie about Travis Bickle because nobody who knows who that is. I had to look up the character, the main character of Taxi Driver. No, yeah. (laughs) I don't think. The name itself needs to be iconic, but there's there's no denying that Taxi Driver has worked its way into pop culture without having that that already established name to kind of cling to, right? Would we be talking about the movie on this podcast?
1: Well no, yeah. So here here's an interesting you No know response to that question?
0: Sorry, I, I shrugged my shoulders and an I don't know again forgetting uh, that you have to speak on a podcast ha- if this movie
2: didn't have the comic book connection would we be talking about it
0: i doubtful honestly i think i think i think this is kind of the thing that if it had the chance it could eventually cement itself into pop culture much like taxi driver did but because it's not that original idea that pops onto the screen brand new that i don't think it i don't think it necessarily would right, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say there. Um, I don't think I think Taxi Driver was something new to see, right? And it's true that creators may be running out of original ideas, but I don't think that means we should stop expecting them.
2: So, Jonathan, work in what you were going to say into this as we start to wrap up. I want to ask two quick questions to the panel here, as someone who didn't see the movie. Uh, and Jonathan, especially, I want your thoughts on this first one. Okay. One and I believe that this movie, even though I haven't seen it, is a deviation for comic book movies. Oh, it absolutely. is. Yeah, I want a quick a statement weird. as to why. And then second, if we can, and we kind of got into this when we were talking about whether or not our character was a sympathetic antihero or not. Uh, what are the what are the social commentary, political commentary, uh, points of this movie, and were they did they need it to be said? Did they need was it a story that needed to be told regardless of the comic book attachment or not?
1: Go. I think it. I think it is a necessary uh, film for our time. And uh, a lot of the controversies surrounding this movie, I think, is a result of people who are misunderstanding what the message of this movie is. The message of this movie, it, it is a cautionary tale. The point of this movie is to say, hey, these horrible monsters that we see on the evening news that do these terrible things, what makes a monster like that? What causes this delve into insanity and they used, uh, the character of the Joker, um, to tell that story and to get in- some insight into, um, external fact- factors, su- uh, societal factors that can push a broken man down this path. I mean, the simple fact is, um, I mean, the people, the people who are in, uh, Arthur Fleck's life, don't care about them at best and treat them like garbage at the worst. Um, And that aspect of these people who very much need help aren't getting the help that they need when they should. And they're not getting the compassion that they need. I think that's a, you know, it's a simple concept of like these people who are broken, they need compassion. And I think if people started showing the compassion, then that could play a large part in preventing them from becoming these These monsters that we dread to see, but the message is saying that the danger of what happens when we don't care for these people mm-hmm. that we don't show compassion, that we just uh, toss them to the side or uh, you know make them the the butt of the joke, that's going to push these uh, you know these people to do terrible things, not to remove those people from the responsibility, but it's, yeah, it's doing a disservice to put these people in a vacuum and think that maybe, you know, the people around them didn't have some sort of negative influence on them. Um, which that is a story that the superhero genre has not, you know, hasn't been able to tell. And
2: I think we've answered my first question just with the discussion we've had about this movie. Like sure. what we've been talking about kind of proves that it's out of the ordinary for your typical, uh beginning middle and end for a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um and so do you want to add anything Jackson?
0: Yeah, it definitely does um branch off from um established I guess superhero movie. Um I don't want to say fodder. That's a little bit insulting. I I enjoy superhero movies, but this definitely is It's starting to feel kind different. of fodderish to me. It it's it's getting there, but I think this is a is a gleam of hope if if I want to be as dramatic as that.
2: No, I think you can be. And here's, this is one of the bummer things. This is the kind of movie that I would typically get excited about. And I welcome this kind of, like we said, deviation from the norm for a superhero movie, but because comic book movies have gotten so fodderish, even though I knew this was going to be different, I just couldn't get my interest level up where if this had come out three or four years ago, I would have been all over seeing this movie day one. Um, I think I would have preferred the detachment from the comic book character for me, but I am in the minority that of what would have made the money for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think there's, a, there's really something to be said about large studios who can afford to take a loss. Maybe not a huge one, but a big studios that can afford to take one or two losses but still be dedicated to creating something new. Um, I don't think we're going to get that from I suppose we're going to get things like uh what do we say Jungle Cruise. We're going to get things like that from Disney cuz those are safe for Disney to do and even though that's a new idea it's still safe for them. But I I like the idea of yeah staking putting 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 stakes on on your on your creativity, right? Mm.
2: It's like a movie like Jungle Cruise may do poorly by Disney standards, but it's not going to do poorly. poorly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, th- th- this isn't, this isn't going to tank Disney. I mean, yeah, they're, right. they're, they're an absolute juggernaut.
0: So. Where exactly.
2: if you remove the um, known commodity that is the Joker from this plot, you risk that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, again, I think that it'd be, we said that this was refreshing to see because it deviated from the norm of superhero movies. But to see even more of a deviation, I think would be even more refreshing. Um, that being said, I still enjoyed this movie. Like it was still a good movie and I've only actually talked what I didn't like about this movie, which is what we kind of end up doing that, um, on this. I've noticed we talk about what we don't like, but at the same time we like these movies. Like we still enjoy them. If we're not interested in the film, we wouldn't talk about it. Exactly. And there's something to be said for that too. Like obviously this movie generated enough for us to want to talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what a studio is going for. Um, and again, smaller budget movies that are more creator driven driven rather than franchise franchise driven. Hard hard to get that sentence out. If Barely you guys enough. had oh, yeah.
2: had the facial reactions <laughs> that Jackson was making <laughs> along, there with was that. like.
0: Whole body flinches. At it's okay. It Each was, word I it was stumbled over. Wonderful to watch. At this point,
2: <laughs> we're about seven or eight minutes over. So the more we talk, the more we're just losing content. And so moments like that from Jackson that need to be cut out. And like the sentence I'm saying right now Thank are you, just yeah, helping
0: no. us out. Thanks. Mm. So with that, I guess we're gonna wrap it up. Any final comments from Jonathan? Who I've again, I'm I'm thrilled to have you on here, Jonathan. This is oh, awesome. I've, I've I've loved this. Thanks for coming in. I,
1: I really have anytime you guys want me back on. I'd be happy to do it. I love, I love doing this. But this um, is really
0: fantastic. We'll, have,
2: we'll bring him back for a future uh, food taste test because ooh, yeah. boy would Jonathan oh, enjoy gosh, doing I, that. Yeah,
1: I would love that. I, I may be a skinny man, but I don't eat like one. Any- <laughs> On <laughs> anyway, that note. anyway, um, can I have one closing thought? <laughs> Absolutely. Just, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So I think a shift in the Hollywood, um, the Hollywood, uh, wheelhouse that we need to recognize is through the progression of Hollywood. Previously, what drove people to the box office was the stars. Uh, Decades ago, the thing that brought people to movies were big name actors. Uh, Whereas nowadays, like I think beginning like the sort of prototype was with Star Wars. And then now going into the golden age of superhero movies that we're in, uh, Hollywood started beginning uh, to be driven by franchises. Yeah. And with that shift in mind, this whole notion of like, I don't know, we need to, you know, we need to start going into movies that are less franchise driven. While that may, Mm -hmm. you know, while that may do some good and produce some good movies, realistically, Hollywood's not going to go in that direction, which I think the people who made Joker recognized that and they figured out a really clever way to insert the kind of movies that would be made under a more like creator focused thing and yet we're still able to put it out into the franchise driven superhero era that's that very possible i can definitely see that, that we that found way. ourselves in and i think that's something that the superhero franchise has going for it is with this huge swath of characters you can tell all different you know huge variety Any of kinds of stories. stories yeah absolutely. Uh, they don't have to be, you know, your stereotypical, you know, just heroic action movie. You can go in all kinds of different directions, and I'm glad that Joker was made because it proved once and for all that they can do that.
0: Sure,
2: I, I can. Jackson, I can ride with that a little bit. An area where I agree with what you were talking about earlier, earlier, where you want as much original content as possible, is I wanna, I hope for a point in uh, film culture where we get to a point that what drives people to the theater is. Not the big names or the big uh, franchises, but uh, storytellers. Yeah, that you go for the people creating the product. Absolutely. Um, and so that they have a reputation of because then there's no worry about seeing something that isn't going to one cross off the box that you're interested in it because the franchises does do that, but it also crosses off the box. That it's going to be something, especially if it's original content, that you haven't seen yet by someone that you know what their consistencies and reputation are. Okay, so if you noticed a little bit of a jab, we des- we determined that we rabbit-trailed for so long that we went way over our time. And we're going to have to turn this into two episodes now. So we're going to continue the conversation for just a little bit while we have Jonathan with us, because we've loved him so much. And so, Jonathan... It's just been so much fun. I have an on-the-spot question for you. Oh, dear. Okay. okay. We decided <laughs> early on when we started this podcast that we were going to avoid talking about the comic book sphere because oh, it's mercy. so overdone. And so while you're here, oh boy, we're gonna hammer that out of our system. So, okay, the Joker... Heck yes.
0: Okay, we got 10 minutes.
2: No, no, no. Real quick, real quick.
0: Maybe less than that.
2: Where does, I'll,
1: I'll try to condense it as much as I can. Where
2: does the Joker fit in all of the comic movies that you've watched? How does it stand out? Where does it fit? And, the second part of that question is, if you, in this short amount of time, had to convince someone that even in this day of age where... Superhero movies. Did I say horror earlier instead of superhero? No, I think you're
1: good. No, no, you I think you're good.
2: That they're losing... I almost said losing flavor. Losing popularity. Whatever. Sell them on it.
1: Okay. So, uh, in answering... Uh, in answering your first question... What on earth was that? I was keep
0: hearing little frog noises. Sorry, I'm moving the microphone, and it's kind of it needs some like W. Yeah, but the noise that it makes is
2: <laughs> it makes
0: a straight up cow. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move it one more time. Let's be quiet and see if the mic picks it up, and I'll.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, I but anyway, in answering up. your question yes, of where ahead. do I think this fits into the superhero genre, do you mean just like where do I rank it among uh, superhero films in general? Yeah, sure. Okay, um, now. Um, now,
2: it may still be top 20, and that might be good, because there's been tons. But No, wanna... yeah,
1: and I actually, I don't even think, I don't know if I would put it in my top 10. I would maybe, I would definitely put it in my top 20 or top 15. I think it is a very, very well-made movie, um, but as a comic book fan, like, I'm a, I'm a, huge, comic, I'm a huge comic book movie fan, uh, and I love the superhero genre. I have some problems with the movie that are sort of tied to spoilers, But I guess my general thought on it would be is that this movie is a very, very good depiction of uh, a troubled man's descent into madness, but it's not really a movie about the clown prince of crime, the Joker. Um, You get a tiny bit of element of that at the end, but uh, not so much. Um, So... and i think i'll just go out, go out and say it my favorite joker is still heath ledger oh, yeah. now uh Joaquin phoenix is just below that his performance is masterful and if he doesn't win the oscar for best actor then the academy just doesn't know what it's doing uh but well i
2: mean let's look at the nominations <laughs> no, yeah <laughs> that's a very biased
1: take no um. yeah but um But with Heath Ledger, he managed to play the Madman as well as the Clown Prince of Crime, you know, this criminal mastermind, so well. It does turn out that a lot of these method actors are just actually insane.
2: So that is a fair thing (laughs) to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, But no, so uh, Joker, I think, is a really excellent movie. But, uh, and even though I wouldn't put it, uh, certainly not in my top five... um, I still think it is a very important movie for the superhero genre uh, because it is. I think it, it's a direct answer to these people who think that superhero movies are burning out of creativity and that people are just getting tired of them. I mean, if we're looking from a purely monetary standpoint, I mean, Avengers Endgame broke the world record for a highest-grossing movie of all time, so clearly there are still plenty of butts in the seats. Um, oh, and
2: certainly. Th- That's They're not at... A fear yet of it not being a profitable biz- business. It just doesn't. This is the first cracks we've started to see in the culture where it's not one hundred percent love for whatever the next movie that is. No, out. yes, we're we're starting to hear those voices say, "Eh, isn't it time we move on to something else?" Um, and I'm one of those voices. And so when the next it's when the next one of these films come along, and especially since a movie like The Joker that's breaking the mold. Didn't quite pull me to the theater. Sell me?
1: No, yeah, not um,
2: necessarily Joker in in particular, because I'm intrigued by the movie. Uh, I just am not in a place where I'm. It's it's safe to say this movie's not a fun experience.
1: Oh, it's not a. It's definitely it's a not movie not you've got to be in movie. the mood for. Yes, it is. It's a psychological. It's a psychological. It's a disturbing. It's a bit of a downer yeah.
2: movie. Yeah. So when the next um, fun popcorn superhero movie comes out. Why do I go, Jonathan?
1: Well, and here's the thing uh, with your argument of like fun popcorn, you know, superhero movie. I don't even think it necessarily needs to be that. And then even with the fun popcorn superhero movie, I think what some people don't give Marvel enough credit is is that if you look at their movies um, without, you know, just a superficial veil that some people who are coming from this argument standpoint want to do, Marvel's. Uh, Marvel's catalog of movies is so varied. It, 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 there are movies that are so vastly different from each other. I mean, you look at Captain America: Winter Soldier. That you know, it's sort of like a like a spy thriller. Mm-hmm. That's totally different uh, from from even
0: the first movie in that in that specific. Captain yeah, from America, Captain America,
1: uh, which is you know a Avengers. World War you know World War Two movie, and yeah. then you've got Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a space opera. You know, almost. Uh, we definitely li- can't go down this f- can of
0: worms. Yeah. Yeah, we we talked in- about the
2: Thor movies so much and the different of tones there, and we are on different sides of that. This room is split on those. Um, so let me say this. Uh, I do agree that the genre flips around a bunch, and they've done a good job in terms of that. But I was once a strong defender of the fact that uh, Marvel films are more emotional than mm-hmm. people would think. Um, And they are emotional, but it wasn't until I started watching other stuff aside from comic book movies that I realized, oh, they actually really aren't that deep. They're deep to someone that watches comic book movies and you're comparing it to other ones. Uh, But, and like you said, it doesn't need to be a fun popcorn movie. I agree. I don't want another fun popcorn movie, but you know that that's going to be made in the next three or four years. And so I'm in a mental state of, you know, why, why do I go to the next one at the, at this point? Um, it's sad that when we had the whole thing come out about, you know, where Tom Holland's plot was going to go from this point, you know, would it pick up where it is or would he have to just start a whole new one? Yeah,
1: I was very I was,
2: scared. I was um, indifferent. I was indifferent. See, it.
1: I don't relate to that. And it, and I didn't frankly, care. it is be- it is from a personal bias. I am a diehard Spider-Man fan. I've been a diehard Spider-Man fan literally as long as I can remember. Uh, uh, my love of, Sp- of Spider-Man. Oh no. Uh, oh no, we're coming up <laughs> at the end again. Yeah,
0: I may have to make an executive decision to <laughs> say, as the editor who's going to have to spend a million years editing this episode, that we may have to cut it off before we ever just give let me Jonathan. Talk about I don't know if we can, Jonathan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's end on this, and me and Jackson are done talking. The last clip that you hear is going to be, and I'm going to pull up a timer on my phone, Jonathan. What if we just hit the one hour mark? You have. 30 seconds, when I say go, to talk about Spider-Man. And when the 30 seconds are up, that's just how the podcast ends. How rough this podcast ends is in your
1: hands in three, two, one. So I think it is a wonderful thing that Sony and Disney were able to work it out that Spider-Man is back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because what I hope they're going for is almost something along the lines of Harry Potter where it follows Spider-Man as he grows up graduating high school and into college. And that's a unique story that superhero movies haven't been able to tell. So if they go that route, I really hope they stick to their guns to it and make a convincing story there. Spider-Man's great, and I really hope they go this way.
2: Thank you, Jonathan. You're welcome.